4: This episode of Android Faithful is brought to you by Awesome. The Awesome Privacy Cable gives you much needed control over when and how your data is shared. Get more info at awesomeprivacy.com privacy dash cable. Hello and welcome to Android Faithful. We are your weekly source of the latest news, hardware, and apps in the world of Android. I am Ron Richards, and joining with, joining me as always is the lovely Win. Hello
3: and dancing while off stage to our lovely intro music. <laughs> yes, we love English.
4: we love our music. It's fantastic. So uh, <laughs> excellent. Well, we are super excited this week. Uh, Michelle is off adventuring the world, uh, attending events. He's unable to join us this week. But instead, we've got our first ever guest on Android Faithful. Everybody, please welcome Max Weinbach from 9to5Google. Uh, welcome, Max.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me.
4: Good to have you. So you were on All About yeah. Android back in, was it pre-pandemic or during the pandemic? It was like 2020 or so. Uh, okay. It was
5: yeah. slightly pre-pandemic, I believe. It was like right yeah. before Galaxy S20.
4: Yeah. So uh, good to have you on the new show. And for those who, fo- folks who don't know you, uh, tell, us, tell us a little about yourself. What do you do? Why, why are you relevant to the world of Android, sir?
5: <laughs> I have been following Android for years. I was always like the Samsung guy. I still am to some extent. And uh, I work in 9to5Google, long form writer there, doing like reviews, editorial stuff. And then also a, um, uh, a junior analyst at Creative Strategies. So we work with a bunch of big tech companies doing analyst work. If that's vague. It's vague. I don't know how to describe
4: That's, it. I mean, that analyst work is important. That is good. Many Most folks mm-hmm. need to do that. And things need to be analyzed, right? So, <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're glad to have you as our first official guest of, all, of Android Faithful. There you go, drink. I almost did it. Um, so it's good to be back. I am feeling much better. I'm over my strep throat. When you're back home, you're back in your home studio, right? So we're kind of like, mm-hmm. we're getting settled here. Here we go. Um, so quick reminder, we are still a new show. We're still working out the kinks. This is episode number three. Uh, thank you to everybody who has downloaded, subscribed, watched, listened, everything for the first two episodes. It has been so fantastic to see the response. Um, you are all are the best. But quick reminder, you go to androidfaithful.com where you can get all your links to subscribe to the show, Pocket Cast, Spotify, even Apple, uh, Google Podcast. It's all up there. You can subscribe on YouTube Music if you want. Um, and of course, go to patreon.com slash androidfaithful where you can sign up and become a loyal uh, Android Faithful patron. Uh, and when you do that, we don't talk as much. We haven't talked to, when about as much as what you get from uh, a Patreon. Uh, Not only by signing up, do you get to vote every week to pick a story for us to talk about on the show. um, But if you sign up at the $10 level, you get an ad-free version of the podcast. And I I think $20 or $25, the higher level, you get a t-shirt, which is pretty darn cool, if I do say so myself with the the Android Faithful logo. So we thank everybody over at uh, patreon.com slash Faithful for supporting us um, and of course you can email us at contact at and a quick reminder to our live viewers watching. We are live streaming on, uh, YouTube on the daily tech news show channel and on Twitch at, on the good day internet channel. Thanks to our friends at DTNS. And a quick reminder, if you want to weigh in on what the show title should be, you want to go to DTNS.showbot.tv during the show and you can vote. Uh, you can enter in your suggestions for an episode title and everybody can vote. Um, and that's a fun way to interact. Right. So, in fact our our winner is in the live stream audience right now last week Jason. Uh, picked from thick to thin <laughs> last week, and there, and there we have it. So,
3: regular audience member Jason Howell, yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> a, friend a friend of the show, friend of the show. Jason Howell. All right, cool. Well, we have a very, very exciting show this week for you. We got some cool news, but the main thing we're gonna be talking about is Samsung Unpacked uh, Galaxy Unpacked is tomorrow um, because they scheduled it uh, not knowing about our podcast release schedule. They could they should have done it today, but they did it tomorrow. But we're gonna talk to, uh, about that a little bit in hardware, but first, we're gonna get into the news and our first. First news story, this is a little this is a little petty and snipey, but I, I felt like I felt like sharing. Um, uh, the head of Instagram uh, went on to threads uh, and actually responded to a post from uh Marquez Brownley, friend of the show, who who asked uh, what was better? Um, uh, you know, give us your tech hot take. And he said, Android is now better than iOS. Um, which is definitely, definitely a hot take for sure. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't disagree with them. What do you guys think? Max, do you think right now and, and of all people, you are very much uh, qualified to weigh in on this because I do believe you are wearing iPod Maxes, aren't you? <laughs> AirPod Maxes.
5: And I got <laughs> an iPhone over here too, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's more or, less, more or less right. It depends on how you look at it. If you're looking at stability... Sure. iOS hasn't been particularly stable for the past two and a half years. If you're looking at feature set, Android kind of has more depending on what you actually value. If you're looking at uh, like overall market share, no. If you're looking at hardware, debatable. I think Apple kind of squeaks it out depending on what you value the most, I mean, you know. But overall, I'd say in more categories than less. Android is better than iOS. All
4: right. There you go. When what, what do you take? Do you agree with this hot take or from the developer um. point of view?
3: From the developer point of view, I mean, I obviously am super biased, but I mean, for folks that don't know, I did do IS development for quite a while. And, you know, I've always said that in terms of development, they both, well, I did, enjoy, I enjoyed my time with both platforms. And I'm, especially as a developer, and so and he tries to, you know, be all tron about it and fight for the user. I'm kind of just whatever works for you, but you still have. <laughs> Um, Android and all the flavors of Android, um, and, you know, outside of the US, um, you know, Android's still kind of like king, queen, whatever you want, like regent, whatever you want to call it. So I'm biased. Um, my husband and I have been fans of Android since beta, so but i I kind of agree with max it's kind of like it depends on in what and in, what um you know facet or what you know avenue you want to kind of rate things so it, it I think I think it it often like depends and it flips so
4: hmm.
3: my personal take is I still love Android and you know that's what I'm using. Well,
4: yeah, I think it's interesting that Adam Masseri, who's the head of Instagram, weighing in on that because after going through, you know, Instagram is an immensely popular app on you know both platforms. Um, yeah. Threads clearly is you know you know burst under the scene uh, again on both platforms. Um, so like talking about having like a good under the hood kind of perspective, um, you know, it does show the the potential of the Android platform. But Max, you're right. Like you know, like I, full fully admitting, like I'm I'm we are live streaming the show and I'm running the show from a MacBook Pro, right? So like, clearly there's some okay with Apple and we want to welcome Max's uh, guest star. What's the dog's name, Max? Yeah, Malibu. Ma- okay. Welcome Malibu to the show. Uh, yeah, you. So you might hear him in the background, everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, it's hard, hard to deny what Apple has done. But obviously, yes, I'm pro- we're pro-Android here. It's Android Faithful. It's here we are. But it's interesting to hear that perspective from somebody who's in the trenches with it. So um, very cool. Um, so when there was a big... I feel like everywhere I turned for the past couple of days, this story was all over my feeds. So I don't know if you should agree or not. But. Yeah.
3: So, so get your drinks ready, your drink cards ready, because we're going to talk about AI, um, And if anybody does actually pay attention to like, you know, like we kind of are joking that Samsung doesn't quite line up with our show so that we have to talk about, we have to pregame unpacked. Yep. Uh, and then we had, you have to wait till next week to hear us talk about it. But apparently chat GPT, uh, and OpenAI maybe you know about us, it, not really, but <laughs> they actually today, today, um, released the Android client for ChatGPT. Like literally today, when I went to the Play Store page, it had like 10 plus downloads in the little Play Store listing, and I was kind of confused at first. It's, actually, it actually still does. It still does. Let's um, so, it so. see that. Yep,
4: it's still 10 downloads. <laughs> Hopefully they can break through and get more than 10 downloads. Hopefully. <laughs> I was so
3: confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, today, July 25th, ChatGPT Android app was released on the Play Store. This is following the prior release of the dedicated ios app and yeah you got your chat, G- chat gpt4 on your little android devices um, interesting to note that of course bing ai chatbot has had chat gpt4 for a little bit longer but if you want yourself a little solo experience with chat gpt uh, from the source OpenAI, uh, there you go and also be very careful by the way when searching for OpenAI ai chat gpt or just ChatGPT in the play store um, a lot of very Similar-looking apps and icons show up, but yeah, look, look, you look, make sure y'all look out for the actual open AI, AI and
4: app. And I, but yeah. I feel like that's been happening. Like, I saw an article about there was another app called Threads that like exploded in downloads when Threads <laughs> came out, and like, there's a lot of like confusion going on in the in the various app stores, which is kind of funny. But, um, uh, Max, what, what what's your take on Chat Chat GPT um, in general?
5: Like all the AI's are the same. Everything's more or less powered by the same models, bar is barred. It's close enough. ChatGPT and right. any of the apps you download will just be the licensing. The one thing is, with ChatGPT, this is the first Android app I've used that actually takes advantage of most Android phones' haptics. Every time it types I out a letter, that. it'll vibrate. It's yeah. It's very good. It's even better on iOS because better haptics, but it's the yeah. only Android app I've seen that actually does that.
3: I think I actually played some haptics while I was like loading. It was kind of like delightful. Like I, I might, I might have missed it because I was like just signing in really quickly to try it for the show. And I was like, yeah, I actually, th- that, was something very uh, interesting to notice. Do you think, like, so what do you all think is like the, so, I mean, obviously with chat as part of being AI bot, there's like an integrated experience there. There's like already an app that has like, that is serving some purpose and, and AI is augmenting it. What do you all see as the use case for a chat GPT only app? Or is it just, Laura, like, Hey, here's a pure chat GPT experience that isn't inundated with other app considerations.
4: Well, I, I think I think from I think at least from my perspective, it's just the accessibility to the to the tool itself, like the access yeah. to the tool itself. If I'm if I'm out somewhere and for some reason I feel the need for AI to write me a article about Max and you and Android, I, I don't want to have to go to the browser and do it. I mean, for me, I think it's just it's just kind of interface aspect. I don't know, Max, what do you think? <laughs>
5: I think they're more or less capitalizing off the branding. I mean, people are going to the Play Store to look for ChatGPT. Assuming it's an app, it's better they have one than someone charging you 50 bucks a month for limited API access. I mean, it's just good practice, I guess.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of it is it's it's interesting because I kind of want to ding OpenAI for rolling this out not on both platforms. I, as as always, I'm very pro rele- like Threads that release everything on both platforms. Um but it is interesting to see how ChatGPT arriving on Android was such a PR hit for them as a as an app and as a company all o- like like after not I, I haven't heard about ChatGPT for weeks. On end, and then all of a sudden, it bubbled back up to the news of this release. So maybe there is something to a phase strategy release because it gets people talking about it again and revisiting it. Um,
3: that, that that is a thing, especially as an Android developer, being very frustrated by that for for many many years. A lot of that tends to be not intentional. It was more just like more focus is on placed on iOS and development often starts first for better for worse. But that is actually a good point to keep you know keep your name keep your name kind of like in the you know in the news. So. Right. I'll, I'll i'll remember that when i'm angry about <laughs> yet another time i have to release after ios i just i just i want to say somebody it just release
4: it. at the same time yeah sorry max sometimes
5: do but i'm not sure if you caught it last week there was a report from stanford that said ChatGPT is like 97 percent worse than it was at launch my guess is they're using smaller models and just turning them down for better you know everything better efficiency cheaper to run but that was kind of a huge negative thing last week as well. So it's good to just try to get that out of the news and SEO and get chat GPT on Android as number one.
4: It's like, hey, look at this shiny new thing. Yep. Look at the good Go stuff we're it. doing. Indeed. Yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, so uh, that's ChatGPT available on Android now. Go get it in the Google Play Store. Help it get more than ten downloads. Important to note that it's only available in the U.S., India, Brazil, and Bangladesh. I think it was like only four countries at to start. Um, yeah,
3: and they're going to roll out to other countries as we go along.
4: Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, quick, quick note. Even though Michelle can't be here, he wanted to make sure that we provided an update to one of his stories from last week. Um, uh, he uh, Last week, Michelle uh, broke the news about uh, work profiles in Android 14, um, and he posted on Twitter an important update if you follow Michelle on uh, Twitter you can go read it it is very wordy it is it is I was like how did he post so much in a tweet and then I realized that he's paying to get verified and get all those extra Twitter Um, by the way I'm not commenting on what's going on at Twitter by the way we're just going to ignore it we don't you you don't pay attention to the to the class clown so um, we're just gonna keep calling it Twitter here but um, but anyway so he heard a a spokesperson from Google reach out to uh, reached out to him in response to his coverage of work profiles and he made some corrections Um, basically a couple quick Hi- highlights here was that uh, notifications will still not show up when the work profile is paused. Uh, that has not changed. Um, the work profiles cannot access your location when the po- profile is paused. Um, and then a uh, whole lot more information about it. And they basically wanted to highlight that uh, this change helps users stay compliant within a company's update policy. So that's kind of some of the reasons why um, the the work profile can continue to receive updates even when that profile is paused. So if you were concerned about those work profile changes that Michelle talked about, go read the whole post on his uh, extended Twitter post um, and get the dish on work profiles. So I didn't realize so many people were so into work profiles, but who knew? So. Every- Not out of love, just out of obligation, but you know, <laughs> indeed, it works. Indeed. Um. So now is my favorite time of the show, and when you get to, you get to talk about it. So
3: yeah. So every week, starting uh, on on Monday, we put up a poll for our Patreons where we pick three stories, and our lovely uh, patrons get to pick which story we talked about. And winning with a simple majority is that simple majority fifty is that fifty one to fifty seven? I don't have my glasses.
4: Fifty uh, one, fifty one percent, fifty
3: one percent. Today, so this week rather, today and this week, we're going to be talking about the Google Photos Surprise Redesign as our Patreon pick for episode number three. So this is actually some more kind of a leaky-peaky rather than like something that has actually been released and it comes via the Google News Telegram channel. So what's kind of interesting is you know, there's kind of a bit of a shift in not necessarily the content of Google photos. Like a lot of stuff looks kind of the same as the search content, the, you know, sharing content, but what really is different is the navigation. So if we, yeah. So in kind of lieu of the bottom navigation that we've had in Google photos for a while, it's, it might be a little hard to see for our video users, but instead of the kind of solid, you know, docked navigation bar at the bottom what is what we're seeing here is actually something very novel and pretty new to Android and material design, which is I'll call it a floating pill bar. A, sometimes we call those buttons chips, a chips bar, which makes me hungry, but it's basically this floating rounded, you know, rectangle that has within it kind of also pill bars, which represent the three destinations, photos, um, photos, sharing and memories. Sorry, I kind of lost the, uh, photos, memories, the- and library. Photos, memories, and life. So memories is new, and it is kind of like that again, the kind of generated content that Google Photos likes to, likes to share with you. Um, but yeah, so now we have a chips bar, a pill bar. I don't know what they call it. Uh, and this is it's like, I, like, I mean, it I feels like a
4: floating menu bar. I mean, whatever. It whatever is a floating the, but menu but bar. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's it's it definitely looks material designy with a little drop shadow. Mm-hmm. It's like floating on top of the app itself. Um, Yeah, kind of like a floating
3: action button, but longer and actually the, the navigation as opposed to like being a main action or something. Um, another significant change is the search bar. So that like really huge kind of very search forward bar that we see in most Google apps these days has actually kind of taken a backseat on the homepage of Google photos Mm -hmm. and is now just a very simple kind of circular, uh, circular icon button next to the pill bar, pill whatever floating navigation now, which is quite different, right? Because usually like that's kind of been like the the paradigm for search on Google, because Google's a search company, or at least it was, uh, is to have that search forward. But now it's kind of like been relegated down to the bottom quarter. And there's kind of small UI changes with the top app bar kind of, you know, things switching around. So um I mean I know it doesn't seem like a huge change, but this is actually quite different because some time ago, you know, all the apps were switching to nav- bottom navigation, which some of us devs, you know, with an apple shaped chip on our shoulder didn't like because it's very much like our cousins across the aisle, however you want to word it, navigation. But so this is, this is quite different. It's not, again, not released yet, but I don't know. What do y'all think? You like it? Don't like it? Don't mind? Eh. I don't
5: mind. It looks very similar to Mac OS Photos app, actually, if you're uh, used to that, because it has the bottom bar that sorts by timeline memories, all that type of stuff as well. Um, it does feel if you've used Vision Pro emulator uh, for any app development as well. You'll notice that the Vision Pro app and that for photos looks very similar. It, uh, it, it's kind of taking the best parts of what Apple's been doing for years, which, by the way, is good. Apple's done a lot of really good UI uh, things and mixing it with Google's material design, which is a great thing to do. There's no reason to just have it be different for the sake of being different when there's some legitimately good aspects to it.
4: I'm always shocked and amazed at how 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 much changes the Google Photos resonates with the audience. People love the Google Photos app, and I feel like over the years, anytime there's been any adjustment or change to that app. It is like and that's why like when we did the patron pick like we had three solid stories like one was like carl pay saying foldables aren't cool like he's wrong <laughs> well we're gonna get to that in a little bit but and i thought for sure that was the story that you all were gonna vote for but here sure enough you know over 50 percent of our patrons wanted to hear about google photos um it just shows how much people love that app uh, which i think these changes are neat i think evolution is good i mean the ch- it's funny because it's like the i've recently become frustrated with some apps who like when they make an update and change the one thing i do in the app it's like why did you change that i i I like my for example i use on the desktop i use a email program called shift um that allows me to collect all my gmail accounts into one application window and they just updated to a new version and just like changed the paradigm of how it works and i was like i've been emailing with them like wh- why like I liked what it did. Why did you change that? (laughs) But, but I think that, you know, an evolution of UI in this way is like they continue to explore and it plays into what is happening with on the OS level too. You know, we've noticed Mm -hmm. whenever there are changes in Google apps like Google photos or, you know, uh, Google maps or whatever, those changes tend to lead other changes within the OS because they're trying to have everything look consistent. So, um, this could be an indicator of what's to come perhaps. So.
3: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I think honestly it does feel more materially than the previous bottom navigation, which took up a lot of space in the bottom. And it kind of plays well with like, you know, the kind of pre- previous like things like the floating action bar. So I'm into it, actually. I would be happy to start putting that floating navigation bar. I'm going to start calling it chips bar, the chips bar because I'm hungry uh, into my apps. But, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. And like you said, I think us, and especially for devs, we tend to look at first party apps like Google Photos, Gmail for inspiration and guidance and also like, hey, how do you guys do yep. material design? So. If it comes out, I think I think it's 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 always fun. It's always it's always going to be a pain decision to, to kind of convince um, our product managers when to update to make it look kind of modern, make your own app look modern. But I'm into it, yeah. so thumbs up. Cool.
4: All right, well, there was our patron news pick of the week, and you can go to patreon.com slash Faithful, and you can vote every week and make us talk about something. I just like being that, that they make us talk about something. I like that aspect of it. But, um, <laughs> but we're going to take a quick pause now, and we are going to thank our sponsor, uh, because this episode of Android Faithful is brought to you by Awesome and the Awesome Privacy Cable. The Awesome Privacy Cable we've talked about in previous episodes. It is really cool. I've got it right here, and it actually has – a physical switch right in the USB cable that allows you to control when data is sent uh, across the cable itself. Um, it gives you a heads up when a connected device is doing more than you expect basically, uh, this is no software wall, wall could get broken into. It's just a simple and straightforward uh, uh, air gap solution, which is pretty amazing, if you ask me. Um, so the uh, the awesome privacy cable actually mitigates against the vector of the hypothetical quote-unquote juice-jacking attacks that the FBI and FCC have warned about the possibility of. Um, now, it's important to note that these attacks have never been observed in the wild yet, but if you're worried about security, if you're worried about protecting your data, if you carry Sensitive or highly, highly valuable data on your phone, this is an added layer of protection. As you go out into the world, um, when you go to the airport, when you get into a cab, an Uber, or a Lyft, or anything like that, and you want to charge up your phone, if you want to top off your phone, if you use this cable, flip the switch, you can make sure that no data is being passed from your phone to wherever that cable is plugged into. When you're at the airport, who knows where it's plugged into, right? Um, so this is a, another layer of security that you can get in there. It's a designed with a great abrasion resistant nylon sleeve. It's got that great thick kind of cable feeling. It really feels high quality, um, and it's got anodized aluminum end caps and the switch is so satisfying to flip and it's so it gives you that nice little kind of click when you flip it over uh which is awesome um and so you can get the awesome privacy cable for just 30 dollars. you can buy it on amazon uh and we want to thank awesome for supporting the show because they truly are pretty awesome uh and so thank you awesome for supporting android faithful
0: say hello to a new era of mental health care
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new
3: customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: All right. So with that, uh, we're going to get into hardware because it is go time. Let's do it. So uh, Samsung Galaxy Unpacked is tomorrow correct in 12 yes. hours
5: 7am so. tomorrow 7am eastern
3: all right 12 hours and a half. There it is a change there we go there it is. yep so good luck all you east coast fo- US east coast folks waking up uh, me on mountain time i'm going to i'm going to pass i'm going to pass and i'll watch the replay but if y'all want to watch if you are not, if you just are able to get up early or you happen to be in an earlier time zone, you can watch Samsung Galaxy Unpacked uh, live on YouTube on the Samsung YouTube channel or directly on Samsung's website or on a couple other places. Um, with something kind of new and notable, I guess, is that Unpacked will be taking place in Seoul, South Korea. Of course, where Samsung is, uh, headquartered, uh, this year. So that's just, I guess, new and interesting. But what we really care about are the devices. So what are we going to expect to see? Well, Pretty, pretty sure that we all know that we're going to see some freaking foldables because we have the new Galaxy Z Flip 5 and Z Fold 5 coming out. And I guess not surprisingly, kind of seeing how the flippable sides of clamshell foldables have been leapfrogging each other in terms of design. It is not maybe like, um, too surprising to, to hear that the Flip 5 probably will be showing up tomorrow with a larger 3.4 inch cover display, um, kind of stretching from the camera to the hinge a little bit different than last year, which had that kind of like more tiny 1.9 inch outer screen, but hopefully we'll be seeing some, a little more outer screen cover screen love tomorrow in the flip five. Um Something really interesting is that Samsung has been working on a water drop style hinge, which is rumored to appear on the Z flip four or sorry, Z flip five, my bad. Um And yeah, Probably the name of the game here also is going to be slightly thinner. Um and just slightly thinner, just like little 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 every every year, just little increments, just making it thinner and thinner and thinner uh until replaceable battery batteries come and that get all get that all gets blown out the water, but yeah, we're hoping to see slightly th- thinner foot five at maybe fifteen point one millimeters compared to fifteen point nine last year. Okay. Um, and then the Z Fold Five is also um, coming out as well. We're also expecting it to have a, the water drop style hinge, which should also combat the appearance of the dreaded crease, which is you know just an easy thing to pick at uh, when in terms of passport foldables. I wouldn't, but-
5: go, I wouldn't go that far with the crease. It's not the dreaded crease or
3: do you mean do you think do you think the water drop is not going to help that much the water drop. it's
5: not not going to help the crease the water drop mostly helps the actual like thickness Mm because with water drop you can hide most of where the display folds inside of the body Mm -hmm. um this is a oppo find n2 flip this doesn't have a water drop so you can hide most of it Here and here in it, and you can get rid of that gap in the middle because the gap is on the inside of the display rather than having it be flat. The crease stays the same because it's still folding the same amount, just in different places. Mm -hmm. Uh, Samsung's crease is, uh, Ice Universe was saying, a 15% less noticeable, which is not at all less noticeable. It's going to be the exact same in practice, especially (laughs) since most people don't know this. Creases get worse with time. Every time you fold it, it gets a little bit microscopically different, but you give it six months, it's a lot bigger than when you got it.
3: Makes sense. I mean, (laughs) Just like any other piece of material that you fold, it's, mm-hmm. it gets more creased as you go. So The best I mean, crease
5: is mm-hmm. Xiaomi Mix Fold 2. I've had this thing since October, and it looks bad. But when it's flat, you can barely notice it unless there's direct light coming at it. And it's very thin. Interesting.
3: No. Is it, um, is it, I mean, cause I think a lot of things that we tend to, like, I think those of us that love foldables try to like mitigate the crease by saying, oh, well, you know, if you're looking straight on, it doesn't matter or if you're working at looking at during normal, normal conditions or with, not with that bright light. It, it does the, sorry, that's the Xiaomi. Yeah. That you mix said, too. It, does it have like a kind of like a better, I guess, range of non-creasiness?
5: Look, the, the range of non-creasiness is just kind of, it, it's whatever. If you're getting a foldable, whatever. the crease is just, is there. There's no way to go around it. No matter how you look at it, you can always see the crease. It's always going to be there. You're probably not going to feel it, but it's always going to be somewhere there. So the goal is just minimize it, which only Moto's done well.
4: Interesting. Interesting. Cool. All right. So in addition to the flip and the fold, uh, that's not all they're going to have, right, Wynn?
3: Oh, yeah, no, no, we're gonna get the Galaxy Watch 6, and for those of you that really missed that rotating bezel in the, you know, 5 series, it looks like we're gonna get the Galaxy Watch 6 Classic, which brings back the rotating bezel, as well as kind of like, you know, the kind of standard, uh, 6, 6 line that matches the 5 from last year. Um, and yeah, kind of again, just a little, everything is just a little bit better. With you know a new uh with increased processor, uh, better kind of fitness tracking with heart rate monitor, blood O2 sensor, temperature gauge. Uh, we got one UI five coming, which again as a relatively new Samsung fan, I'm actually kind of excited for. With again enhanced like fitness um features, emergency SOS. Uh, personalized heart, heart zones. Again, for those of us trying to get our zone two in, um, and yeah, larger batteries, faster processor, a little bit better. Um, call that a dot increase if you're a dev, but yeah, just a little iterative increase. But again, bringing back that rotating bezel, which I know a lot of folks missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, uh, you, you're going to get a watch. You're going to get some watches, 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 watches. You're going to get a, tab- um, a tablet, we think you're going to get a tablet. Well, we're thinking we're going to get a tablet. Not only that, but the rumor is that the Tab S9 series is going to actually kind of bump up the base uh, S9 a little bit in regards to um, the screen. Which I think was it the last was it the, the S8s didn't have an OLED screen on the base model.
5: I say base model was an LCD, 120 LCD one hundred and twenty hertz display. Awesome,
3: thank you, Max. Um, so yeah, it, the rumor is is that they're actually going to kind of spread the OLED love. Uh, down to the base model. Um, but kind of in exchange for that, it looks like it, it might have a single camera rather than a dual camera on the base model. Um, but yeah, you know, Snapdragon 8 Gen Plus, IP67 ratings across the board. So yeah, you got your tablets, you got your watches, and you got your foldable phones. Um, I was going to say,
4: given given that the whole event is marketing is join the flip side and ha- and has the, <laughs> the, 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 the flip kind of, you know, shedding light on uh, on various things, I, f- I feel like the, the flip and the fold are, pro- are like the, the, these are the stars of the event, right? And then the watch and the tablet are kind of like the supporting acts almost. I guess we'll we'll find out tomorrow. But um, Max, what, what, what are you hearing about this sort of stuff? Are these, are these rumors and leaks that we've heard uh, going in the right direction or what, what do you expect to see tomorrow?
5: What I'm expecting to see is take last year's stuff, upgrade the chip, you've got the product. I mean, that's realistically yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the fold and flip Sure, it's the same. It's 8 Gen 2 rather than A Plus Gen 1. Whatever. Cameras are the same. Uh, I don't know who leaked it, but for some reason, everything showed up on Twitter this morning at like 10 a.m. Full spec sheets with comparisons between Fold 5 and 3. It's just wild. Mm -hmm. Everything showed up. But it's it's basically the same as the Fold 4, just thinner and lighter and new chip, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. The Fold and Flip 4 were very good.
4: So so of all the stuff that leaked did, did any prices leak?
5: No. Right. I saw some currency conversions. It was like 1931 or sorry 1341 for a Tab S9 Ultra, yeah. uh 1100 for S9 Plus and it was like 930. Usually you can assume it's a little bit less currency conversions don't work, but somewhere around there I do think we might see a price increase on the fold and flip just because Makes sense given inflation, how everything's going, supply chain's more difficult. It makes sense.
4: Yeah. Because that's always, I feel like that's always the question. Like at this point, at least with these Samsung events, is that so much stuff leaks to your point, like full spec sheets out the day before it comes out. You know, it's almost like the event isn't the surprise. But then, at least from my experience, the surprise then is, all right, well, what is the cost going to be? How much is this going to cost? And really, like with these foldables, what I'm looking for with each iteration and each generation changes, as you noted, I want to see thinner, smaller devices, increased battery life, you know, kind of keeping up with the Jones processor and like, you know, kind of specs and all the stuff, you know, growing as, as time prevails, but then I want to see the cost go down. Right. Yeah. And whether or not that equation actually happens tomorrow, I think we'll find out. Right. So
5: Let, let's think about this logically S 20 S 22 to S 23, same prices in the U S yeah. and we got better storage options. Yeah. So same price, more storage. uh, If we're looking at it the same way, for Europe, we got about a hundred euro, 200 euro, 100 pound price increase. Probably looking at the same thing here. My guess is we get 256 gig minimum for a Z Flip 5 uh, rather than 128. Same price in the U.S. And then Fold is probably same price, same storage, because that was already 256. And then in Europe, probably 100 euro, 200 euro, 100 pound price increases. Right which is wild given Moto has what a cheap razor coming out later, the 40 and razor. And then the razor plus and Raider razor 40 ultra is thousand dollars for, I think a better looking product, even though the chip is a little worse and I use, I went to their launch event; It was fun. It's a really good phone. I think better than Samsung. And then you have Oppo with a cheaper, I think this is like 800 Mm
4: -hmm. for
5: it. I mean, it's, it's wild to see prices stay the same and or increase, when competition is actually there. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean like Pixel you, Fold. You've
4: got to wonder I mean, who, this is who Samsung considers their competition. Like, does Samsung feel any threat from the Pixel Fold, right? Do that at all?
5: So right? from my perspective, Samsung has no competition because Samsung is Samsung in the U.S. Globally, who cares? U.S. is their main market for this stuff. Asia, too. Don't get me wrong. Asia's huge. And in Asia, they're probably a little more competitive. Now we have, what, the Honor Magic V2 that's – Thinner than an iPhone and lighter than an iPhone that folds with a pen on the front end inside. That's going to be good. That's competition. OnePlus has a foldable phone coming out in like a month. That's good competition. Google has their foldable phone in three countries. Not really competition. I mean, there's a lot.
4: Yeah. So when you're, you're, you recently moved from Samsung to the pixel fold, is anything you're seeing here that you're going to see tomorrow make you regret that or make you think about going back to Samsung or, or no,
3: not especially if there's a price increase. Like I I do love Samsung. And as I said, I've actually become a convert to one, to one UI in particular, especially as I guess, I mean, you can call me a power user. I, I think that's fair. Um, and I do miss a lot of the productivity and shortcuts and all the kind of super hyper customization that you can do on Samsung. So I miss the software. To be perfectly honest, I really, really like the pixel fold form factor too much. And the fact that, all right, I'm already in 1800. I've already given my $1,800 to both of those companies, by the way. <laughs> um, it, the, I, mean, I, I totally, Max, I think Max, it's totally fair that the price goes up for all the reasons you said. Um, and I know that, you know, it kind of fights our our desire for the price of these things to go down to make foldables more affordable and accessible to the average, you know, to like the average consumer and to make it actually kind of a viable thing, kind of like maintain like this. But uh, me personally, right now, I think I've hit my limit a little bit. I think it being just a little bit better is not gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I was thinking about pre-ordering to be, to be perfectly honest, the fold five, because I've, I've enjoyed the three and the four so much, but I don't know. I think I'm really happy with my pixel fold four or sorry, my Pixel Fold. So I think I'm good. I'm really good.
5: Now, actually, I wanted to ask you something. When yeah. you say more affordable, are they not affordable now if you go through a carrier? I mean, if we look at the US, most people go through carriers. No one buys outright unless you're like 13% of the US. Mm-hmm. Those are the people buying outright. For the Z Flip, it's going to be probably an $100 down payment at 40 bucks a month. The Fold is probably going to be 53 with a $200 down payment. That's relatively affordable, especially if you're going over 24 to 36 months. I think that's affordable. I don't think the pricing is really much of an issue outside of we want it to be cheaper because a smaller number feels like we're doing something, which I don't really necessarily think is true. I, I think it's more the desire for it isn't there as much as we hope. And I don't think the price is really going to change that.
4: Yeah. It's, it, and that's a really good point because I will, I will admit that we are in that minority, that rarefied era where like, I haven't bought a phone through a carrier in over a decade. Right. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm buying, I'm, I'm buying them outright or I'm buying them unlocked and I'm paying full price and all that sort of stuff because, you know, because I want that choice. I want to know, you know, I want to choose which device I'm using and that sort of thing. And admittedly the, the, the normals of the world, right. The folks, to just walk into Verizon or walk into uh, T-Mobile or, or uh, you know wh- whoever their provider is, um, are going through that system and paying, like you said, th- those monthly kind of payments, and it does become affordable. And I think that's it, it. Just for me, I look at it at the total cost and and the sticker shock of a four digit four-digit value for a phone, even if I was paying monthly payments over 24 months or whatever it was, I still would feel like, oh, I've got this really expensive phone and it would hinder my use because I'd be so worried about it getting damaged or, or lost or whatever it might be because of that price tag. Now um, that said, this is cutting edge technology and like it's it's not going to get down. Like, we're not going to see a mid-range foldable for a while, right? Just because of...
5: Like, <laughs> Actually, later, no, we're getting one this summer. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah? Moto Razor. It's going to be like $700. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. going
5: to be pretty mid-range.
4: But 700 as mid-range, which is like... You know, seven hundred thousand yeah, is flagship on candy bar phones, right? So it's no, like, no, <laughs> yeah. And
3: I think that's the thing, though. I think yeah. that you know, at least especially on uh old show our our show and old shows, we do have a lot of folks that are in that mid range. And I, I totally get you. Over time, the cost is you know, especially with you know, months to month payments, like kind of like month to month, it's affordable. But I do think there's a strong contingent of folks that yeah you know, see like an eight hundred dollar phone, you know, as still a little bit kind of like not within their range or not what they want to pay for a phone. Uh, and granted for that 800 bucks that you would get, you know, via the thousand dollar discount on whatever Verizon, yada, yada, you're getting a lot. I mean, you're getting literally almost literally like twice the phone. Um But I do think that there is a strong case for, you know, a mid range, an actual mid range price, which would be, you know, the cost would be almost like down to like zero or just like, you know, a hundred bucks on a, you know, with, with subsidi- subsidizing for carrier. So I don't know. I, I kind of like to see a wide range of form factors on a wide range of, um, you know, costs, you know, uh, an and range of cost bands, but obviously that that kind of is counter to the technology and the materials and everything that goes into it. But I don't know just the future world where we all have like transformer phones is, is something that I, I, would like to see also yeah we've been I've spent a lot of money on phone the last couple of years I think yeah, as you say you're in you're percent. in deep pretty, pretty. <laughs> in very deep <laughs> um, so. all
4: right, well, so it sounds like this this Samsung unpacked you know not i mean obviously it's all been leaked. like it's like like is there anything that's like it doesn't sound exciting like is it is it you know can Samsung do anything to make this more exciting than just an iterative kind of release um you know, based on all the leaks it doesn't you know it seems like oh, we're just getting you know the next generation of these devices, tablet watch. Cool, here it is. Um, you know, I know the chat's been uh, alive and wondering what member of BTS is going to show up at the presentation. I mean, what what other energy can Samsung bring to this to this presentation aside from BTS?
3: <laughs> I mean, they are in Korea, although aren't some there's some of some of them are starting military service. So yeah, I got to get them while they're still while they're still available. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It, I mean, it it seems like there's always like a surprise thing, right? Like with the Samsung Galaxy Impact, they have their little one more thing moment. Is that is no, that the they, case?
5: They haven't really done one since. Galaxy, no, Galaxy Fold was the first thing that they've never really done one. Yeah.
4: Okay so I can
5: not none I can remember. Yeah, it's normally
4: it's always pretty straightforward and it's like yeah. here it is, here's the device, here is the Samsung ecosystem. You were locked in by having this watch and having this tablet and having this flip phone. You can take selfies, you can do you can watch a movie, like all the you're going know, to do all the de- like I'm, I'm it's so funny the 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 foldable demo by the way. I feel like we can all write the script to the foldable demo now where it's like you know like the person's at the desk tilts the phone up and is watching something as they're working or whatever or mm-hmm. or the, the, or the different selfie camera views and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. I'll be curious to see what they do to differentiate themselves of the, over the last year of announcements and other, you know, just kind of just general marketing that we've seen. So
3: that would be interesting that I think I would like to see the software because I think, and even, uh, you know, Florence Ion said that when she, that when the pixel fold came out, it would be for her, the software that made it. And of course they did have like the, you know, the, the very, the, I think one of the most compelling software features is the rear, the rear selfie do you think Samsung's going to have their own kind of like rear selfie style software just to kind of keep up with the kind of like the feature the feature blast of the rear rear, rear sorry rear camera selfie? Yeah, something like that. I don't know some some amazing demo. We'll see. We'll see.
5: There'll, there'll be something. I mean, if they have to catch up with Moto a bit, so if, I don't know if you guys have played with the Razer Plus at all. I haven't. I want to. Yeah, it's really nice. I have a Razer 40 Ultra, the European model. PR just got back, man. Getting one out soon. Um, but when you're in a third party app, like Instagram, you can re show mirror the camera view onto the outside screen. So if you're recording someone in Instagram, they can see themselves while you're recording on that big screen. That's the nice little features that are actually useful. I don't know if you, I actually, you can use full apps on the Razer 40 ultra. So you can tilt it open like this, use the main cameras and watch Mm -hmm. yourself there. So there's like a lot of fun features on there that Samsung needs to mimic. it's all about the software now i mean look the hardware is good enough and i don't think samsung's in a different position than moto they're going to sell more units it's going to be more popular it'll matter more so they have to be more careful about what they do with software you can't just allow any app to run on the outside without jumping through a bunch of loopholes and running cover screen os because if it doesn't work it looks bad and kills their brand recognition for the years to come
4: right and right now they right now they are the leader right like whether as much you know max you're bullish on moto and and we've seen you know google enter the fray but right now in terms of the foldable line samsung is in the top spot because now they're here they are five generations in it went from concept to actual pro- market you know proving the market uh need or or interest in it to now we're just in iteration so like they're on top and so it's kind of their their spot to lose so to speak so
5: Well, they're on top of themselves. There's no real market yet. I mean, look, we're looking at foldables. There's probably 25 million shipping of that. 20 of them are Samsung. Right. That's not really a a smartphone market. And 25 is probably exaggerating, but there's not really a smartphone market. It's Samsung selling foldable phone market. It's Samsung selling foldables, and everyone else is trying to, you know, pick away those users that are there. It's... It's it's it doesn't matter. It's just Samsung's going to keep doing what Samsung does, and Moto can hope to sell something well, which they might with the cheaper razor, and OnePlus later on can hope to do it, and Google can make a foldable phone to try to force app developers to support a horizontal landscape. Uh, format because no or horizontal format because no one does it, and then you get the black bars, and it's just yeah. I, the only company that makes sense for foldables is really Samsung,
4: yeah. And it's interesting to see how it all develops, and everyone kind of plays catch up to Samsung because they are the leader. So, no, now it's in terms of hardware, Samsung's playing
5: catch up in terms of everything else, they're playing catch up to Samsung in market share. Yep, I mean, Samsung is the worst foldable hardware at this point. I'm not like that's not exaggerating, but they were first, they're the sickest devices, yeah. But they were first, yeah. <laughs> they were first, but they now actually. No, they weren't. Huawei beat them to market because oh, the right. folds got yeah. delayed.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, if we're looking at it. Samsung has worse cameras now. Yep. The equivalent silicon, equal displays. They sell their displays to everyone. They're thicker. They're heavier. Battery life is probably going to be worse. They only have pens on one screen versus two for the competition. They've got waterproofing, but so does everyone else. They've got the lockable hinge, but so does everyone else. Like there's nothing Samsung does now that's better than everyone else outside. They have the market share.
4: The market share and the ecosystem. Right. I
5: wouldn't even say ecosystem. Google's is just as good. Sure. No, I agree I mean, with what, you,
4: but people who are locked in that Samsung ecosystem are locked in, right? Like they I don't
5: you know, think so. You know. Cuz what, what's the Samsung ecosystem? Watch and earbuds?
4: I get, yeah. Those
5: don't work with other. I mean, you can replace other well, with a not, Pixel let's watch not, and not Let's lose not underestimate
4: much. Bixby, our good friend Bixby here. So. <laughs> no. Sorry. Didn't mean to. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think Samsung really has a
5: strong ecosystem. People really aren't aren't tied into Samsung. Well,
3: one, it's much. not the same as the iOS ecosystem where you, no, right. you can, yeah. where people yeah, switch you can over for the it. ecosystem.
5: Well, well, you, yeah. you can go get a pair of Pixel Buds and it'll work
4: just as well. well when it you even so said, said that you, you, you find yourself missing one UI, right? Like that's, I that's do. a part of it, right? Of like knowing it feels like a Samsung device. So yeah, yeah.
3: um, I, it definitely does. I, I miss that. But to be honest, if I had to trade in, you know, an actual usable front, you know, front screen for one UI, I'll do it because, this means that, you know, this last third of the phone, the last third screen, sorry, the mm-hmm. one third of the screens are actually usable as opposed to the Z fold four the Z fold's front screen just being pretty much unusable. I'm
5: not sure if you've seen the competition. This is the outside of a foldable. It's about the same size as a nothing phone too. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's almost identical to it. Yep. And it opens up into a full foldable. Yep. Like this is best of both worlds. You get a normal phone and a foldable <laughs> yeah. with Four speakers, 66-watt fast charging, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, newest chip, better camera. Like, I don't... It's just Samsung at this point that's behind on, like, design. Even Honor is with the Magic VS and Magic V2, which got Mm -hmm. announced in China. It's just kind of... Samsung's behind and US is lacking because we only have Samsung and Google. And soon OnePlus.
4: So for our audio listeners at home, this is why you want to watch the video version on YouTube or watch it live, because Max is pulling foldable phones out from under his oh, yeah. under below his shot. I, I can only imagine you have a box of devices underneath you that, that you're literally renaming the brand and you're pulling out the phone. You can make like
3: orig <laughs> like basically has an origami shop of foldable <laughs> exactly. phones like under his desk. Exactly. So. Actually,
4: I've already
5: I've gone through all four of the ones I have and I have a fold five in the that shoebox right or sorry original not full time the original five yeah. uh, fold I, the fold i haven't touched
4: yeah. right. uh, i'm not
5: under any ndas or embargoes from samsung i've got nothing for it I, they, yeah. Yeah,
4: we're impressed so <laughs> all right well cool so so tune in tomorrow uh, in, in in less than 10 hours uh, samsung galaxy impact will be going on um when you're going to be talking about yes. it tomorrow right
3: Actually, um, I, for, if you haven't gotten enough of me tonight for some reason, you can catch me on the Daily Tech News Show, uh, tomorrow. I'll be joining to unpack, unpacked. Um, with Tom and the crew, uh, and that's going to be 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. I didn't know the time last week, so I studied up this week. But yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to hear the DTNS crew talking Samsung Unpacked, uh, join us tomorrow or check out the vod or just you know catch it on your podcatcher. Cool.
4: And then we'll be back here next week, uh, the week later. Point of view breaking it down. So uh, or yeah, just come we might back, just roll come the come segment from week. DTNS. Uh, no, we are, we are. <laughs> but yeah, um, goes first. All right, cool. So Galaxy Unpacked, uh, tune in tomorrow. See. what it is and come back here next week to hear what we think of it um one more quick hardware story before we move on i always like when this stuff happens so sony uh has been developing a playstation handheld device uh codenamed project q and uh a video of it uh has been you know leaked out or you know, hit twitter and uh sure enough it is uh a handheld device gaming device running android uh, much less than Nintendo Switch or other, you know, other handheld devices that are out there. Uh, yeah. PlayStation Project Q uh, driven by Android. Um, so I don't know, I just thought that was neat. Uh, as, as we see uh, Sony getting into the handheld, uh, uh, you know, kind of gaming console kind of thing. I, 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 it is interesting because I feel like all of these handhelds run on Android. Right. Like all of these game handouts. Yeah. I don't
3: know. The Logitech one did. The Razer one did. I kind of missed the boat on, on getting the Razer one and, and reviewing it for the old, the old show. Um, we are a Sony house. Well, I mean, we're an everything house. So, um, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if one showed up at my door one day. And if it does, I'll let you all know. But yeah, I mean, it, there was one, I mean, obviously the Steam. Steam deck. Deck is. The exception. Yeah, I don't think that's running And,
4: uh,
5: and a, the Asus Legion Go, the new one, or not the Legion Go, the other one that just came out, the Legion Go. Yeah, but,
3: but, yeah, but apart from that, yeah, there's a good, there's a good, Cohort of Android powered, you know, cloud gaming yeah. devices with, <laughs> with a screen in the middle and the handles on the side. So yeah. And we've, yeah, we
4: we've talked, you know, on our old show, we talked a lot about how like Android is pervasive and out there in places you don't realize and gaming handhelds is another spot of it. So yeah.
3: I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Just, you know, your, your workout mirrors. Actually, I'm pretty much most of them. <laughs>
4: yep, run uh, kios- Airport kiosks, uh, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. yeah so and Just, usually they're all running uh, very very old versions of Android. <laughs> um, and in fact, quick, this isn't. We're not covering the show, but uh, we want to pour one out for KitKat. By the way, as Google has suspended Google Play services for devices running KitKat, so uh, end of the road for KitKat. So if you're if you're using a device running KitKat, please upgrade. <laughs>
3: Take a, take a break yeah. for kit, for so. Android kit get.
4: All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for hardware. Um, we got a couple of app stories. I know, and this is one you wanted to talk about a lot, right? Yeah,
3: I requested this one because as I've already said about a half a dozen times, I, I actually do have become a convert to Samsung, um, one UI because it just provides you all this, like, you know, super Saiyan, super Samsung customization just like in various areas of the UI, lock screen notifications, yada, yada. So um, something actually that friend of the show, Gabriel Poole, he used to work at Tonal. Everything's just walking, uh, just just kind of like getting, you know, everything's connected. Um, one thing that he, when I talked to him actually, and he tried to convince me that Samsung was awesome when I was still kind of hating on Samsung, which is kind of like requisite for Android devs your first couple of years. Uh, he said that one hand operation is really awesome. And so there's this one hand operation plus module that's part of the Samsung good lock, good lock a set of, you know, customization modules, which basically adds these kind of handles to the sides of the screen and not just like, and you can have like multiple gestures, like diagonal left, diagonal, sorry, diagonal down, diagonal up, diagonal straight on both sides. You can have long. So basically it adds like almost like a dozen different additional gestures to, you know, as triggers, shortcuts, navigation. And so one hand operation plus is now adding another gesture, which is pulling from the, from the edge of the screen, and it actually pops up what is called a, what, what they're calling a quick launcher. And I think there's a GIF of it popping up, yeah, down, yeah, down there. Um, so not that the right edge of the screen isn't crowded enough already uh, and lousy with gestures, but now you have like a, yet another gesture that will provide you a quick launcher that has like, uh, in the video, we're seeing like about you know, 16 different icons. And what's interesting, this is not just like a quick launcher for apps, but there's a lot of actions as well. So you can turn on the flashlight, you can, Um, do volume control, screen control, like all kinds of stuff. Um, and it is kind of like got a, like some kind of silly set of defaults, but it is as many things on one UI, um, super customizable. So I, I just think it's cool. One, one handed mode is one hand operation is pretty dang cool. Um, I also like love all of their edge panels and stuff. So I will miss this, not using my Z Fold 4, but for those of you still on Samsung, um, if you want yet more ways for you to, Have shortcuts to all your favorite things to do on your Samsung device. Uh, look out for the quick launcher as part of one hand, uh, one handed mode, one hand, one hand operation. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's it. More, more, more power to you power users.
4: I like when, uh, I like when the user swipes from the right and the screen kind of goes rubbery and pulls out. Yeah. Like that that's kind of neat. I don't know. That's neat. Yeah,
3: there's a, there's like a there's a really cool animation that kind of like shows it yeah. being kind of like liquidy and blobby. Yep. Um yeah. It's 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 it's
4: yeah. It's fun. I don't know. It's, extra, it's I, I, I remember like 5 6 years ago when gestures were like the new hotness and like there are all these different there are all these different apps that allowed you to do this sort of stuff and I just never I never really embraced it fully like I, I like I rode the bottom 3 buttons on the bottom of Android for years cuz I'm cuz part of it is just being just old man and like this is how th- things are done but like you know add, adding this level of interface you know not only you know makes Samsung kind of unique and you know another another aspect of it but you know one-handed devices devices got bigger and especially like with the foldables with the with the you know with the with the the fold not the flip but the fold you know like when it when it's in its folded mode that is a one-handed you know kind of view and so of course they want to have these little software modifications so it's interesting to see i can't say i love it or reuse it but when clearly you're into it so yeah.
3: i mean i i really do miss those edge panels very much um i didn't use one-hand operation as, as 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 much um but um i definitely would use the quick launcher um, it, it's just, it's just weird to me because I feel like there's so many things now they're packing so much stuff in there. I always worry a little bit about kind of like gesture collision. And that was kind of the thing that I was being an old person about, you know, with gesture nav on Android. And also there's always like questions of like accessibility, especially for folks that have like mobility issues, but we're here and they're there. And I mean, it's not like, you know, the main, you know, main driving, you know, interaction with the device is just extra. So yeah. I don't know. Um, You know, just pack that edge um,
4: for one UI and just let you do all the things. (laughs) Cool. All right. Um, And last but not least again, Michelle checks in uh, even though he's not here on the show, but uh, he did post on his Twitter account. You go check it out. He had a cool video showing Android 14's new note-taking feature for styluses. Um, where basically you can launch the, the default notes app from the lock screen, unlock device, and then use the stylus, uh, to launch the notes app in a bubble. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, given the Pixel tablet, uh, coming out and the people who love styluses, this is probably a nice little thing to, to notice there. So, uh, if you're into, uh, styluses, sa- speaking of Samsung, a lot of Samsung people like their stylus, um, their S Pen, right? Uh, Max, are you a stylus person or not? Or?
5: I can't say I ever have, but I liked it when I first got, like, the Note 8 and 9, and then afterwards, I just don't use it. I have an S23 Ultra, and I just never touch it. Yeah.
3: Same, same thing. I was, like, so enchanted at first. I use it for a week, and then i just like, I can't be bothered to bring this around. No,
5: it's not. It, it's good for certain situations, but in those same situations... Who care? I mean, look. If I need to sign a document, I'm going to go to my laptop. I've got a mm-hmm. Surface laptop, and I have that dual screen Lenovo Yoga Book 9i. which I have to review? I'm going to do it with the Moto since they have actual like ecosystem there too, which not many people know about. <laughs> but if I'm going to do it, I'm just I got something else to sign it with, or a pen and paper, and then my phone camera.
4: Yeah, stylists okay. are just mm-hmm. superfluous, in my opinion. That's what the S stands yeah. for. The S pen superfluous, but
5: they're useful on tablets, but yeah. for phones, who cares? Yep. Agreed. So,
4: all right, cool. All right, well, that's gonna wrap it up for a rundown. But we asked you to write into us uh, contact at uh, contact at androidfaithful.com, uh, and you did. So we're very excited to have some emails. So when why don't you take the uh, the first one? And I am so excited
3: because I'm I'm from Maryland, and this first email is from Ben from Balmer, Maryland. Uh, hey, Ben. Uh, from another kind of Marylander. Um, hey, gang. First of all, I am glad to see you all have started a successor to the AAA podcast. I will be listening to every episode, just like I did for the past decade or more with AAA. I hope you can even have guests like Flo and Jason on. In last week's episode, Ron asked for feedback about Pocket Cast on the Pixel Watch. I've been using it since the beta because I was waiting for it for so long. Having pre-ordered the watch so far, I am very pleased. Progress is synced between the apps and the watch app on the watch has... Ooh, sorry. I just scrolled my screen. I'm um, sorry. My bad. Progress is synced between the apps and the watch app on the watch has all the same advanced playback controls as the phone. You can have Pocket Cast automatically download podcasts to... Th- to the watch for offline listening, but with the LTE watch, I prefer to just stream them. Overall, I think it's a great experience and Ron would be happy with it. It's definitely a huge step up from using YouTube music or the awful Wearcast app on the watch. Uh, ben from Baltimore, Maryland.
4: Well, there you go. We asked for somebody who was using the pocket cast, uh, uh, new pocket cast Wear OS app, and we got a review. That's fantastic. Glad to hear that. It's a positive experience. Uh, that's good because I still, I don't know. I, I, Still angry over too the Pixel Watch. Yeah, too, too, too late. late to, Why didn't to, they have it at to, launch? Too late to, de- to defrost yeah. Ron's uh, cold heart. I know, exactly. Cold Pixel so. Watch heart. All right. Um, cool. Well, our next, uh, our next email uh, comes in from Brian from St. Louis. Who, um, who says, first, I wanted to thank you for the show. I was a very long time listener of AAA and was crushed when it got canceled. In your recent show, you mentioned how it would be difficult to have both removable batteries and waterproofing in a phone. If you remember, a Samsung Galaxy S5 had both and it worked extremely well. The back panel peeled off and included a silicone gasket, which allowed it to be IP67, which could be submersed in one, one meter of water for up to 30 minutes. I had this phone and was quite liberal with how much I'd use it around water. I would even take underwater photos in the pool. Battery swaps were super easy and definitely made battery life a non-issue and extended the life of the device. I think with modern innovations we could easily see Google, Samsung, Apple and others improve on the design and still create sophisticated phones. Thanks and can't wait to see where the show goes. Brian from St. Louis. And thank you, Brian, for writing in. Uh, Max, we were talking last week about the EU requiring removable batteries uh, by 2027 uh, and wondering how that it would affect the the waterproofing aspect of it, but seems like they might have figured it out. I don't um, know. It needed
5: ports in the it needed plugs in the ports. It was whatever that's fixed now. Whatever, yeah. but also I don't think that's actually going to go through. The EU is going to get so much pushback from everyone, and it's not that consumer friendly to have removable batteries. I don't care what people say.
4: Yeah, I mean the removable battery contingent really wants them and is glad to hear this. You know, potentially could happen. <laughs> But, and uh, it's the
5: same thing with the micro SD card slot people, but that hasn't mattered in years too. And it's yep. the same thing with the stylus people, but well, that doesn't. It, you can ignore most of them;
4: they're just loud. The, the headphone jack people, my favorite.
5: <laughs> oh my! They're still around.
4: <laughs> I used to be one of them, but now I, I'm converted. I've moved on. So <laughs> yeah,
5: Bluetooth is good enough. Yeah, exactly. The, using a screw, the, the law for the EU should be: you need a screwdriver to easily be able to remove it, just with just a screwdriver. How? uh I forget the company now that does it, the super easily no. repaired stuff. But it, you know, having something, removable backs and user, it's too much work. No one cares. Exactly. At that point, most people are just going to get a new phone, and that's what they do now. Yep. So,
4: Exactly. All right, cool. Well, thank you, Brian. And we got one more email. When, why don't you take it away?
3: All right, when this one, this final email is from Mike in Crisp, Minneapolis. Hello, Android Faithful. I was so excited to hear you all were picking up the torch of AAA and became a patron immediately. Thank you so much, Mike. Back on the old show, I wrote in about my dissatisfaction with a Pixel 7a battery. Since then, I've tried every battery-saving technique, data saver, turning off 5G, keeping a low refresh rate, etc. I called Google Support, and they want me to go through a multi-step process, including... Leaving my phone uncharged overnight, which I don't want to do given the fact my battery is draining at a rate of 10% plus per hour with moderate use. The number one drain on the battery? Pocket casts. I'm feeling fairly confident that this says more about the 7a than pocket casts. Based on Flo's recommendation for her favorite small phone, I'm swapping this energy draining brick for the Galaxy S23. I've been a loyal Nexus Pixel user for almost ten years now. I hope to come back between the camera, the assistant features, and the promise of Tensor, but needing to charge twice a day just isn't worth it. Thanks for doing all the work to keep the show going, Mike. And Mike, I have a question: Is it crisp right now in Minneapolis? Because it's it's, it's pretty it's pretty uncrisp. It's a pretty...
4: it's a scorcher here in New York. Let me tell you, it's so, gonna be like um, oh, it's gonna be bad.
3: It is crisp in Minneapolis some parts of the year, but I'm just curious if it's crisp now because I'll come over. I've I got family over there, so, so but yeah. So
4: I I like the I like the narrative of pocket casts, You know, like the you know <laughs> uh, of pocket casts work on the watch and now it's draining this guy's battery. But I got to say, I did notice. So I was out this weekend. I took the kids to the aquarium out east on Long Island, um, and we I think we left the house at like nine and we came home at like one, and I was shocked that my battery level was like in the 30% range when mm-hmm. we got home because I wasn't even using the phone that much on this kind of, you know, multi-hour adventure. Like I was, you know, I took pictures. I, I you know, we lis- listened to music in the car, but like I was trying, and I looked to see what, what my battery usage was and it didn't look like anything jumped out as a problem, but like, man, when that battery goes, that battery goes right. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it sneaks up on you.
1: So. Mm-hmm.
5: Was it, was it like hot out when you were there? I've noticed for some reason, I'm not sure what it was. Whenever it gets hot phone batteries drain, even if you're not using them. Interesting.
4: That's a good point. I
5: don't know. I've noticed that a lot and I don't know why it is because it shouldn't be, but I think it may be the same reason phones charge faster. The batteries are just more, I, I guess, malleable. To uh outside stuff and, when it gets warmer. And it
4: was hot. It was like in the late it was in the high eighties. It was not Chris Minneapolis. It was hot Long Island. Yeah. So uh I don't
5: know what it is. Every time it gets hot out, batteries drain fast.
4: Interesting. Yeah, you might be onto something there. Uh, I will
3: say something too, that I got a unfortunate message while I was on the plane coming back here, and that was that I hadn't hit the 10 gigabyte limit, gigabyte limit, uh, for Google Fi. And by the way, your are free, you know, your data's free for the rest of the month, but don't go over 15 gigabytes on any one account, because then we'll smack you on the hand. And I did look at the data usage, and to be fair, I was downloading a bunch of um, podcasts, including video ones, but uh Pocket Cast was definitely kind of like one of the offenders in terms of like data usage. And so yeah, if the radio is going downloading your, your podcast or even streaming, that will affect battery as well. So I guess it also depends on your usage, how much you're downloading in the background, yada, yada, yada. So I mean, not to say that I was going to stop downloading podcasts on Pocket Cast until, uh, unless I guess my battery runs out. But that's also like a factor, is also just usage and how much of the radio also, network you
5: Tensor G2's Exynos modem is horrendous. Yeah. And I yep. never would recommend any Tensor chip to someone until they get a different modem. Which, by the way, G3 is the same modem as G2. So that's not getting fixed.
4: There it is. Lots of, lots of potential candidates for battery drain. There you are. So, All right. Well, thank you to everybody who wrote in. You can, you can get your email on the show by emailing contact at androidfaithful.com. And that's going to wrap it up for this third episode of Android Faithful. Max, thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, why don't you let people know where they can find you on the internet if they like your work?
5: 9to5Google, uh. Uh, you can find me. Twitter, mostly. I, Twitter's not dying. It's going to be around for a long time. And I, I don't, I have a threads, but not really threads. If you just search my name, Max Weinbach anywhere, you'll find me. I'm usually top 10 recommended on most searches.
4: Right on. Well, thank you, Max. We, we appreciate your work and we, we we're glad you are able to join us. Um, thank you for having me. All right. When, uh, where can people find you?
3: Yeah, um so I'm an Android dev. I do technical talks kind of frequently. Um and you can find all my technical talks, code, video, all that good stuff on my website randomlytyping.com. On in terms of social media, if it's Queen Code Monkey, it's probably me. I am on Threads, now Blue Sky, Instagram. I'm still on the other site, the one that used to be a Bluebird and all that kind of other stuff. But yeah, Queen Code Monkey and don't forget you can if you Just for some reason, again, want to see me talk more about Samsung Unpacked, I will be right here. If you're watching the live stream, I will be back here tomorrow, again, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, uh, to be on the Daily Tech News show. I'll be be watching.
4: I'm excited. So.
3: Oh, I'm scared now. Nervous, not scared. Oh, Nervous. Be great. You're gonna be great. Don't <laughs> worry about it. That,
4: that, that show is so much fun. It, it, it I will tell it you, does. it goes by so fast. You won't even. Your head will be spinning. That's how quickly it'll go. So. <laughs> but you're gonna do great. Um, thank you, Win. That's awesome. Um, and of course, I am Ronxo everywhere uh, that I can be. I'm mainly most active on Instagram, and uh, uh, I'm still on Twitter. I'm on Blue Sky. I'm on Mastodon, but I, I just I'm so busy. I'm so busy doing the show. It's hard to post on all that stuff. I'm on Threads. All that fun stuff. Um, I do want the account switcher to be better on threads because I hate having to log out and then switch account and oh, log back in. in. It's very pull frustrating. Very, very frustrating. What phone are you using? Just <laughs> so, um, All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week of Android Faithful. Thanks for listening. Uh, we publish this podcast every Tuesday evening. Go to androidfaithful.com to subscribe and get uh, connected and make sure you're listening every week or watching. We do live stream every week, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Those of you watching live, you were already here. You knew that happened, but you can watch on youtube.com slash show and twitch.tv slash gooddayinternet. Uh, thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next time on Android Faithful. Android Faithful. Android.
1: Android. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?